Senior Bradley. Hey, Joe. Hello, sir. Just, just doing a little uh, a little three oh five shuffle. Three oh five shuffle. That's that's cute. Yeah, it's a I'm memeing it for the Miami Heat, you know. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so how you feeling, man? You sound like a little under the weather. <coughs> yeah, I'll be doing that quite a bit. I'll have to remember to mute. Uh I'm I'm uh I'm feeling shitty, but such is life. Such is life. I told you, man, those skanky girls, Wait. you gotta be careful, man. <laughs> you calling my wife skanky? No, no. I'm talking about all the people you were partying with in uh, Denver. Oh, please. Of course, I'm joking, please. Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Nickel. I'm joking. Yeah. He's Joe, a pillar of propriety on the road. <laughs> well, I'll be second on that list. <laughs> oh, so, um, so how are you catching up on everything since the conference? Uh, I I am attempting to. Uh, I'm trying to get this uh, R-Weave episode out by the end of the day, as promised to the R-Weave team. Um, it's so good, though, man. This guy's like, he's he's the shit. We got a lot of visitors today, Joe. I welcome see that. I all think the, it's the uh... all the Cordell folks. We welcome you to the show. Glad you could join us. Absolutely. You guys here. Today, our guests um, are, uh, I guess, the founders of Cordell, Joe? I believe so, yes. Yes. All right. Um, All right. I told them that they could uh, stay in on and keep the cameras off, so we'll see what they decide. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. That's good. That's fine. That's great. Um, let me see if I've got some... Uh, I, I think we've had a few stories we've loaded into the queue while awaiting their arrival. Um and I did send out the link to the person. Uh, yeah, I sent them the link directly because I, yeah, no, I sent it to them directly. Um, I just, okay. the one the one that went to the PR guys, I just wanted to make sure they knew um, that that was for show attendees, not for viewers. So I steered them to the link that we put okay. in the pre-announcement. Yeah, that's all we need is 2 million, uh, 2 million guests. Yeah. Uh, Niblet said, yeah, he's excited about this. Looking for an IPFS alternative. Sean, lots of guests. I will behave. He's talking about our weave. Oh, our weave. Yeah. But then Sean's like lots of guests. And then Niblet's like, don't you dare. And shizzies. I just listened to the whole (laughs) Chair Powell congressional hearing and now my head hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing to see there, buddy. Oh, it just means more interest rates. More interest rate hikes. Oh, well. But I think everybody already expects that. Um, uh, all right. So you sent over a story. Uh, Amazon NFTs will be tied to real world assets. Token may be incoming. How real is that? Well, the next comment, I think, in that uh, thread was that there's no confirmation on the token, but that, and it would be a closed system, um, not, you know, like open. Token. Uh, a gate. I think so are gated. Um, but the main thing was, you know, it's kind of like we talked about even at the conference, you know, you know, tying NFTs to, you know, real world product, and then you can deploy the NFTs into, you know, other applications, uh, DeFi, GameFi, all of those things. So 
I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. whatever they do would be tremendous amounts of user adoption and new entrants into the market. So that would be good. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I think it's actually an interesting concept to have you, the things you buy from Amazon be NFTs because then you have a used marketplace potential, right? Because someone acquires the NFT to, from it, you ship it to the product, the physical product to them. Um, it ties into, a, I mean, there's a lot of used merchandise sold on sold on Amazon as it is. So it would make sense. And then, you know, rewards, capabilities, all kinds of shit. I, I could see this uh, really uh, having a ton of potential. You're right. And look, use of that platform and end users finding out that these are actual NFTs, um, that'll, that, that'll be a boost. You got to love that. Got to love that. Yeah, think about think about on the ideas of like, you know, books and ebooks and music and all of those, you know, normally digital products, you know, that then ties into ways where you could cross promote with the uh, musicians or artists themselves or the writers themselves into other events um, that we talked a lot about with like iHeart and what they're trying to do. Um, or what, who was the, um, was it Rihanna who just did the big uh, NFT play? And they were talking about it was one of the superstar uh, musicians. I, if, I can't remember the name. If if the in the same sentence the 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 words pop star or pop mu music appear, my head just blocks it all out. Oh, I know because you're like the big K-pop guy, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Niblet says, <laughs> NFT slash token is that last step to making Amazon the world's company store. Very robber baron industrial revolution. I think Amazon is already the world's company. It's my fucking company store. I mean, look, I, you know, we still go to Costco. We still go to Publix. We still go to BJ's. You know, we go to Fresh Market, whatever. But, you know, when we have to buy stuff, first place I go is Amazon, right? So... Now, their biggest oh, look problem at for me is the fake reviews. Yeah, they got to clean that up. Um, but that's a good point that Shizzy makes She's, right there. If I want to buy a new door on Amazon but haven't moved to the new house yet, the door is on sale and I can buy an NFT. Then, oh, that's a brilliant idea, Shizzy. Holy shit, that's smart. Okay, so let me finish what he said. If I want to buy a new door on Amazon but haven't moved to the new house yet, the door is on sale and I can buy an NFT that I can redeem later, that would be cool. That would be awesomely cool. Now now you'll see people, I mean, we'll have Black Friday is going to start, you know, December 26th. <laughs> exactly. Stores will be like, vendors will be like, oh, I'm just going to sell this NFT now. And oh, wow, though, think about this. The NFT kind of like the the crowdfunding model, like, hey, we're going to build these later, but allow you them to sell the NFTs in advance of a manufacturing run, right? So now as a, as and maybe you preset a date for delivery, right? And now the manufacturer who's selling on Amazon says, oh, okay, now I know what I need, right? Uh, now I know what I have to manufacture. And there's a lot of them. I'm going to have 1500 of these. So there's 1,500 mm -hmm. NFTs. When they're gone, they're gone. Inventory system, I don't give a shit because I'm going to sell my pre-sell my inventory. That's really interesting, Shizzy. Shizzy, make yeah, it a thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, crypto Marketing says, waiting for Cordell Live and also listed core coin listed. Uh, not sure what you mean there, but they are coming. According to Joe, they will be here in five minutes. So 
Uh, Chuck says that won't work without an expiration date. Who wants to carry that delivery obligation on their accounts for an indefinite time? Well, it might be breakage. But yeah, an expiration date makes sense. Um, Schniblet says, Shizzy, that creates supply chain backlog problems. We would end up with Kuching, Oklahoma oil not moving problems. Well, I don't, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I like I don't, the idea what, of a manufacturer what, being able to know what his future sales are going to be. Sean says, interesting day yeah. for Grayscale. Seems like we may get that PF. Oh, shit. I didn't see any news on that today. Did you see that, Joe? Yeah. Um, no, I saw that there was, I think, Alameda or somebody filed a lawsuit against Grayscale trying to unlock their tokens in there. Or maybe it was FTX, but it's a big number. It's like eight billion dollars well, i think sean's I think. talking about i think sean's talking about grayscale's lawsuit against the sec for the etf approval no no I, I i'm pretty sure that is what he's talking about but my point is that look if the bankruptcy guys for ftx are demanding that tokens be unlocked then it's an easy one then for the sec to say yes let's approve the spot etf i got i think you. that's i, I think that's you. the sorry, logical sorry. connection no no i mean i'm you know it's you. in my head dude i didn't say it out loud so yeah Judge Grills and SEC on the reasoning behind its denial of Grayscale Coin ETF. Uh, wow, that's interesting. Very interesting. I saw another tweet there that said traders are snapping up uh, Grayscale tokens, but who knows? Yeah, somebody uh, says up. up in other 20%. news, Elon Musk is losing his mind with the next employee in the middle of Twitter, which has been interesting to watch, but we won't go into it. But The one with muscular dystrophy? Yeah, he's losing his yeah. mind, dude. He's just, I mean, that's just ridiculous, dude. Oh, you know what? Let me publicly disclose on Twitter to my millions of followers that you have a disability that only HR knew about. Yeah, and then get a, like a seven seven uh, tweet thread back on it. And, you know, of course, Musk yeah. is saying, and all he does is tweet all the time. And the guy comes back as well. You know, I have muscular dystrophy and my arms don't work, but I can get a finger to work. And yeah. you're like, does that not make you look like a total scumbag? <laughs> and like you said, disclosing HIPAA data. I mean, that's almost, yeah. that's like the second most valuable data out there. The only other thing I don't think you yep. can talk about that's more private in the U.S. is tax data. But health exactly. data is way up there. So. I mean, he's exposed Sean himself says to a we, monster lawsuit. Sean's back uh, back on the grayscale thing. Sean says, uh, we could open a doors future. Oh, futures market. No, he's talking about the Amazon NFT. That we could open a futures market with people buying NFTs in the future. That's awesome. She mm -hmm. says, GBDC up 20%. Um, crypto marketing. We're happy you joined the chat. Thanks for joining us. XBT3D says, uh, Coindesk, uh, Sean says Coindesk has a piece on the Grayscale thing. So anyway, got some news chomping in uh, today. Let me see what else we got, Joe. Um, you posted this KYC thread. Uh, did you see CoinMarketCap posted a piece yesterday saying how yeah, important it is I, that we have KYC for everything? <laughs> like, what? What? What are you doing? Why? Why? What What do you gain posting that as an opinion? You know, you could post both sides of the equation, but wh why would you alienate half the market that doesn't want KYC by saying we should have KYC? It's just, I mean, there's nothing to gain there. Yeah, I didn't really get that point either. I was... Uh... I'm not sure I, what I, I was uh, shocked about that. 
Chuck says HIPAA only applies to medical professionals dealing with your data, not not fuck twit billionaire CEO one. I think HR human resource department uh, disclosing to the CEO could have a problem with with that. I don't know if it's HIPAA, but maybe it might be something else. Yeah, because health there are quite a few. Yeah, there were quite a few lawyers weighing in in that chat. <laughs> that uh, you know about the exposure he created. Now I'm not a lawyer. So I don't know, but I do know that health data is super, super protected in this country. This All right, we have one of cool. our guests here. Uh, oh, yeah, there we, we go. Have one of our guests here, but quickly we'll hit on it. Uh, uh, but evidently, Kraken is on track to try to launch a bank very soon, um, despite the regulatory weird place. I thought for some reason they were involved in what's her name's bank. I thought that was their own. I thought Caitlin's? they owned that company. Yeah, Custodia. I don't am know. I, am I confusing them? I don't know. Anyway, we have Brendan with Core with us. Brendan, you ready to roll, man? How's it going, Joe? Hello, sir. Brad, I feel like I just saw you guys. Hey, buddy. Yeah, it wasn't like it uh, a couple hours ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How's it going? You're recovering? Uh, you know, partly, I think a lot of people got sick. It was like a super spreader. So I'm feeling that a bit, but uh, I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, me too. I may have been the spreader. My son had yeah. it before I left the house. So maybe I'm the one yeah. that corrupted the entire place. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it feels good. That was, a, that was a ton of fun. But it's like those things are always uh, a lot of work meeting partners. Yeah. Yeah. Like it absolutely so is. much action. So it takes a lot out of you. Okay. Uh, chaos, absolute chaos. Uh, so, Brendan, uh, is uh, anybody else from the team joining us, or it's just going to be you today? Just, I'm just going to rock solo. Awesome, nice. he has awesome. A lot of faith in me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they should. They absolutely should. Uh, okay, there's a bit of a delay. Yeah, yeah you're getting a little. On my end, are you guys hearing me okay? Yeah, we are, but you are lagging a little. But we'll just. I'll slow down a little bit. I'm on like 400 cold meds. So, yeah. you know, I may, I may rush over you, but I'll try not to. <laughs> yeah. If it becomes an issue, I'll, uh, I'll find a better Wi-Fi area, but uh, normally it's pretty good. So just let me know. I feel you yeah. on the cold, med, cold meds. We're probably in a race, a competition right now, Brad. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, um, Brendan, um, I, I think it'd be great. I mean, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, core DAO community who have joined the call, and I'm sure we'll watch listen to it on the podcast later or uh, later on, on the YouTube channel. But there's also our you know core audience that listens to the show regularly, and I think it'd be really great if you could, um, well, first introduce yourself, and then um, jive into kind of telling us uh, why core DAO, why this chain exists, what you guys are building, what the purpose of it is and, um, why, why you all think it's important, um, that it exists and, and what the benefits are going to be to the world, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, for sure. So first of all, thanks Brad, Joe, it was a pleasure meeting you guys. So for the audience, we met in person at East Denver just a couple of days ago. It's a pleasure meeting these guys. Uh, they're very knowledgeable about the space. So I'm pumped to be here and rep core. So I'm honored to be on the show so i'll i'll uh, i'll answer all those questions um and if i ramble a bit feel free to interrupt me with questions because there's there's quite a bit there um so yeah i'll just start with myself so i'm one of the contributors at uh, cordow um i focus a lot on the bd side of things but you know as a contributor just setting up a variety of 
of pieces uh, within the core blockchain. Um, I'll just qu quickly go over my background. I've been in tech over 10 years. I actually ran a mobile startup uh, in the construction space that I you know, was VC funded and, and went through the whole cycle of VC funding and then ultimately an ex exit to a private e equity group. Um, and yeah, a lot of the team has pretty deep experience uh, over tech over the past uh, decade. Um, but let's talk about Core. So Core is basically a, it's a brand new layer one blockchain uh, that's EVM compatible. And how we describe it is it's basically you know, a new L1 chain that combines the best aspects of both Bitcoin and Ethereum. And uh, there's a bit of a story behind it as to why it was created that I think is like great for the context. So, and I think I told you guys this story, so these guys have already heard it, but for the audience, um, you know, really like the idea kind of came from this debate a couple of years ago uh, between two friends who at the time, you know, one of which was a Bitcoin maxi, the other an ETH maxi. So on the Bitcoin side, you know, a lot of uh, firm opinions about, you know, the consensus proof of work being the best uh, consensus. Uh, but on the ETH side, there was, you know, if you remember a couple of years ago, it was like DeFi summer, a ton of utilities were being built and it kind of opened up everyone's eyes that you could build awesome apps. And uh, the virtual machine was really kind of changing, changing the game. So that conversation kind of culminated in the creation of core and that we thought, how can we actually combine the best aspects of both? So how we did that was basically we've got this EVM chain. So we're, we're a fork of Geth. We have all the smart contract capabilities and composability that you get with Ethereum, all with fees that are better performance than Matic. But the consensus mm. mechanism actually is built, you know, very much incorporates Bitcoin proof of work. So instead of just being a solely uh, delegated proof of stake consensus, um, if you're running a validator on core, you actually can take in Bitcoin hash, mining hash rate and delegated proof of stake. We score the validators based on their share of each of those pieces. And with that, we're kind of we're basically baking in the decentralization and security that comes with Bitcoin mining uh, directly in the core blockchain. Um, so so mining pools basically haven't you know, if you're running a mining pool on the Bitcoin network for no additional work you can allocate that hash that you're already producing to produce Bitcoin blocks uh, to validators on core, earn additional rewards, and uh, basically lend the security and decentralization to the core network. So that's the, that's the pitch. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we worked on it a couple of years and actually launched, you know, just shy of two months ago, mainnet went live. And then we had a pretty monumental airdrop uh, three weeks ago. The bit, one of the biggest smart contract interactions of all time. We airdropped over 1.2 million people as part of that. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, let's 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 rewind a little bit because I just want to make sure I understand how how the proof of stake, proof of mining, uh, or the proof of stake, proof of work consensus works together. Um, sure. Because it sounds conceptually powerful, but it also sounds messy. So uh, I'm curious, right. kind of, uh, I, I'm curious. Like if you're a validator, are you also mining or can you be one or the other or uh, on how the, those work in conjunction together? You talked to, you, you talked earlier about kind of the ratio, but could you kind of walk through that a little more detail for us on that? Yeah, of course. Um, and Brad, put my feet to the fire, man, as a business guy, <laughs> technical chops. <laughs> no, I just, I want to make sure uh, I understand it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So, so there, you could treat them as completely separate things. 
Um, okay. We do think that Bitcoin miners or mining pools will run their own validators too. Um, there are some, okay. some value to doing that. But thus far, we have a, just a variety of different uh, validators, um, you know, who are kind of running validators on many chains. So you don't have to do one. Uh, you don't have to do both. You can do one or the other. So how you can think of it is um, we do this. Uh, there, there's room for 21 validators in each block. So, for example, if, we, okay. if there's 40 validators trying to get elected and earn the rewards and secure the blockchain, we have space for 21. And how you get chosen as a validator in that round robin, like every time a block is produced, is basically there's a weighted score as to how much hash rate has been allocated to your validator and how much proof of stake has been allocated to your validator. So on the stake side, you know, users can go to stake.cordow.org, pick a validator and actually stake, just like most staking chains and earn rewards. And uh, if right. you're a Bitcoin mining pool, there's a process where you can do the same thing. So you can allocate your existing hash and pick one of the validators, or you can choose to run your own validator. But generally, you would you know look at the validators, probably make a decision you know which validator is the furthest ahead or what's going to pay out most. Allocate your hash, and then you earn rewards for your hash power. Um, and then yeah, we're basically ranking the validators based on how much hash rate has been allocated to them and how much proof of stake has been allocated to them. And um, so on the technical side, I'm sorry, go ahead. Bitcoin hash. Uh, there's, I'll add one more point because it's a bit technical, but we've we've kind of created that there, on our white paper. You can uh, read through all the technical details, but we've to get the Bitcoin hash over to the validator itself. It's a process that takes like five minutes. Um, it's important to note that we're not Bitcoin miners don't have to do double the work. We're actually looking at their existing activity on the Bitcoin blockchain, good behavior. Uh, you know, how much blocks they're producing that gets relayed through this trustless relaying mechanism over to the validator and it gets put into sync a week later just to prevent fraud or, or poor behavior because uh, things can happen a couple days later. So there's a delay of a week. Um, we look at the, the Bitcoin behavior there and then that's uh, what ultimately gives the score on the validator that's gotten that hash. And you said there was a delay of how long? About a week. So so basically, uh, everything comes into sync about a week later. So we relay the hash over and it gets confirmed one week later just to prevent bad actors or, or fraud um, because, you know, transactions can be reversed, etc. So it's just like basically a security mechanism to make sure that uh, there's no poor behavior and we're we're giving proper score to the hash rate uh, coming to the core network. Okay, so as a Bitcoin miner, I, I can be mining in a, or a pool. Um, I, I, the, the hash rate can be assigned to a validator on Core's L1, but it doesn't, this isn't uh, gaining awards, rewards, or tokens from Core from the validator are not dependent on actually mining blocks on Bitcoin. Is that, am I correct on that? Uh, so they, they, I'd clarify that they are. So we're based, they're like producing blocks on Bitcoin, right? They're, the miners and the pools are doing their thing. They're earning Bitcoin rewards. And typically to do that, they need to have good behavior as a validator, right? So, sure. uh, you know, if they act poorly, their rewards get taken away or they get sliced. Um, and you can think of it as they're just kind of going about their day. They're producing Bitcoin blocks. That activity is being relayed over to Core. 
And uh, assuming their behavior is you know, good, like it is on Bitcoin, uh, they get paid additional rewards for the work they've already done on the core chain as part of the validator okay. set. Um, so it's a way okay. for uh, Bitcoin miners to actually boost their profitability upwards of 20 to 30% for work they're already doing. Right. So you're not asking them to do more work. Um, they get applied whatever hash rate they're providing to the Bitcoin network. They get that applied to the validators on core um, and can gain rewards for what they're already doing. They're not adding any. Do they have they just have to connect to the validator yeah. and say, this is my validator and have a wallet and expose it to the validator. Yeah. Okay. And exactly. then, and uh, uh, that's important. There's no net new energy being built. Uh, it, we're using existing okay. work yeah. and we're almost recycling it in a way, if you want to use that uh, energy and, metaphor. Yeah. And that sort of drops straight to the bottom line, too. That's, that's almost 100% uh, gross margin Sean's, on that. So. so, Sean, this question is from Sean. He's our Bitcoin maximalist uh, and also uh has a good amount of experience at mining and he is asking uh so it's it's only mining pools is that correct yeah or they can so be individual pools yeah it would be mining pools and uh they would i, I guess dictate you know the reward payout to the to the uh, cool. miners themselves most miners are, are part of a bigger pool if you look at like sure. you know the biggest pools in the world um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's done by mining pools themselves and then they then pass on the rewards to the, to the miners in the pool. Yeah. So then how, how does the, the hash rate, the consensus mechanism on Bitcoin impact the consensus on core? I mean, or does it? Yeah. I, I I'm trying to, yeah. trying to understand how that, how that works in conjunction with proof of stake to, to, to mine, to have blocks happen on core yeah i think the thinking there was uh you know apologies the cough is coming up here but it's the okay man. there was uh we weren't uh as a team we weren't that excited with the direction of sole solely delegated proof of stake blockchains uh the reason being right. is it's somewhat pay to play you kind of need to uh you know pay a higher price to get involved and uh you're, you're buying off existing investors basically to uh, get involved in the chain. And the other right. factor that we were seeing was it's very easy for like large centralized players to own most of the stake and they're kind of like geographically located in America. I'm confident that there'll be mm. solutions on that, um, you know, down the road, but that's just kind of what we were seeing. Right. So the thinking right. was, how can we, uh, how can we lean on a consensus that we feel is the most decentralized and secure, which to us is the, uh, Nakamoto consensus, uh, you know, using, uh, computer power solving math problems that's highly decentralized how can we lean into that model and incorporate that into the chain so right. um that was kind of the genesis behind it and basically how we're doing that is we're 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 literally uh incorporating the behavior of the uh you know the mining pools and the miners in the pools uh and leaning on that and baking that uh, built-in decentralized security into our validators themselves because we're using that as a scoring mechanism as opposed to just a sole de de uh, delegated proof-of-stake chain. And right now it's about weighted 60% to miners and 40% to okay. stakers. So if you're running a okay, validator, cool. there's actually a lot more weight put on hash and how much hash you can receive. Uh, and we feel that that highly uh, it just makes the network itself a lot more decentralized than sole proof-of-stake. 
makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I probably I'll probably climb into the white paper more to understand the technical mechanisms that make that function. But I I love the conceptual idea of combining mining and proof of stake. Uh, if if you can get a more secure decentralized network out of it, that makes total sense. So, um, yep. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> um, you said this is EVM compatible, correct? Yeah. So, uh, in addition to loving these, the uh, Nakamoto consensus, we love the Ethereum virtual machine, and felt that it was uh, a very scalable, decentralized machine. So we used uh, EVM for okay. all the smart contracts, um, et cetera, and chains running. Yeah. And you said what was the fork? What was the underlying um, network that you forked for this? Yeah, so it's a fork of uh, Geth. Uh, it's actually the same fork that you know most people would know BSC. So that's a fork of of the uh, ah. of like a, okay. a version of of Ethereum, you know, from a couple years back cool. that has you know all the smart contracts, et cetera, token standards baked in. Yeah. All right. Was there was there a point where you guys considered kind of potentially just having the current the previous Ethereum mining mechanism built into it, or you really wanted to leverage mining that was already happening? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, that goes back a little bit before my time, so I'll do my best to answer the question. But uh, sure. there's a there's a pretty strong belief in Bitcoin here, um, you know, Got especially it. that you know the Bitcoin camp. There's uh, just just how it was started, uh, you know, back in the day, highly decentralized. Uh, it's been working for 15 years ish. Um, you know, obviously, there's some issues facing miners that we've become acutely aware of over the past couple of years uh, in the market. But um, there was just like a very strong belief in that as a very proven decentralized consensus that hasn't failed and it's just up and worked and, and hasn't really been changed for well over a decade. So there's just a lot of belief in that. Okay, makes sense. All right, we're getting some we're getting some uh, some hard questions from our our normal community so I, i'm gonna go. i'm gonna pop some of these up here and, and let you take them on brendan so uh Niblet said what market problem does core address i understand the value to miners on the su supply side but i'm unclear on the demand side drivers and i i, I mean i think the sense of that question is you know how will how will the, what what do you see as the benefits to the end users to the developers building on core um and and what what makes it a better opportunity, a better option for them. Um, is it the decentralization? Is it performance? Whatever. Um, I will let you handle that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'll kind of like take the question another route too. Um, but generally, we we uh, we have studied the blockchain trilemma, and uh, we think the true value add is is you know this is uh, this is kind of a great attempt and we think we're solving the, the trilemma of decentralization, security and scalability. So most, okay. most chains uh, compromise on one and that's been a long held belief for quite some time um, that you yep. can have two pieces of the triangle. You got to let one go. Um, so the value add to the developers themselves is that we're not compromising on any of those uh, you know, key pillars in, in terms of the blockchain trilemma. Um, and if you go sure. to recent events, there's certainly some skepticism around this move to to, to proof of, sole proof of stake. Um, so we generally think that uh, you know Satoshi Plus and baking in Bitcoin is the way to go uh, for you know as the next billion plus people come into crypto. We don't think that blockchain should compromise in any way. 
um, on decentralization, security, or scalability. So that's the main value prop to developers. The other piece, and, sure. and like I could have misread the question a bit, but it's also important that, hey, if we build this cool technology, it's kind of useless if no one's using it. Uh, <laughs> and so, so when we uh, designed the chain and started to think about launch, like we were trying to be very thoughtful about acquiring a community as well and uh, getting people to actually use it. Because you know, users lead to protocols coming on board and then the more protocols bring more users, you kind of want to create this, uh, this flywheel. So we, we thankfully built up, you know, on top of the tech innovation with the consensus, uh, we built up a, a massive community that I kind of talked about in the first part. Um, and we did that through like unique tactics where we had a, a, you know, partnered with a mobile app called the Satoshi app and, and built up, you know, large base of customers that are already on chain. We already have 2 million addresses, 1.2 million claim the airdrop, 60% uh, of which staked. So like almost no one sold, which nice. is amazing. Uh, mm. uh, so like our value prop to devs right now is like, we're not even offering we're going to have some exciting news on, on grants and like what we're calling the S prize, but we've got like basically coming up on 200 plus projects just because of the size of the community. Cause wow, people, that's devs want their tools to be used. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's been three weeks, uh, three weeks since launching. So yeah, that's the other piece. Like uh, on the demand side, I just, you know, it's important that people actually use it. You can have like the best tech in the world, but if no one's coming in the door, it's, not very valuable unless you create a community or some sort of flywheel. We did that pretty thoughtfully. Yeah, that, that's so, an effective um, community. I certainly saw that in the uh, response to the pre-announcement. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot yeah. out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What, um, so you've got about, you say you've got about 200, 200 protocols coming on board. Are, are most of those folks who are kind of on other chains and saying, hey, this looks like a good opportunity. Look at this user base. I want to reach out to these folks and, and get users. Is that basically what you're seeing? Yeah, the majority of which are kind of existing teams that are typically EVM compatible that may have like just not won the DEX war on a certain chain, right? So they may be in like the fifth ranked DEX. And uh, in a lot of these places, is, you know, TVL has gone down, usage has gone down. So I think teams are really trying to build some traction. They're hurting with uh, fairly small treasuries as well. So a lot of teams basically looking at this big engaged user base and, and trying to like become the de facto DEX or the de facto Lend Borrow, which is pretty exciting. Um, and then we've got a, teams that have just built from the ground up for the first time, which is pretty awesome too. Um, you know, that were kind of with us for the test net uh, last summer. Nice launching launching fresh so that's been pretty cool to see as well and and they've kind of like they had pre-built communities so you're seeing some pretty good engagement there because they'd been around on testnet for a while that's awesome that's fantastic um so going forward did you say you guys are gonna you are gonna have some incentives and or grants for uh developers in the space or or is there gonna be like you know revenue sharing or what what are your thoughts on where you're headed with that you're you're, you're the guy that has to make that happen right yeah, partly. And I, I mean, you guys see so many chains, I'd, I'd, it'd be great to like jam on this a bit. But as we kind of look at the market, we wanted to do things a little differently. Um, we don't think that just one off grants are necessarily the best method uh, to get teams to build on a chain. What we've seen is like chain spending tons of money and there's not really a lot of accountability or impact created down down the road. Right. There's no like uh, 
I guess, checks and balance to make sure that the money that was spent uh, had the return that you want. Um, but we get that, you know, you need, you need to help teams make that transition, especially as a new chain. So we kind of came up with this cool idea that we're calling the Satoshi Prize. A lot of stuff uh, going back to Satoshi here at Core. Uh, S Prize for short. And what we're going to do is we're going to launch a bunch of these, but we're basically going to have a prize pool, right? Like a big prize pool uh, in a vertical. So for simplicity, I'll just say, you know, gaming, just to make it really easy. And we'll say something like the game that can get the most uh, active addresses, uh, weekly active addresses and TBL uh, will win 50% of the prize pool. Second place will get 25%, third place will get 15, down, down, down. And when we want a long tail payout of like 50 prizes. And um, wow. we'll take snapshots and everything will be done on chain, uh, you know, at like the three, six month mark, maybe even nine, 12. We'll have multiple of these prizes launching at a given time. And then it's very easy for the community to just see where the money's going and why projects got the money. Whereas right now, a lot, a lot of times grants are just behind closed doors, one-off ad hoc deals based on different right. teams. And the community yeah, doesn't yeah. really know why the hell team A got that, team B got this, and it creates a lot of overhead in a decentralized org. So yeah, we're pretty pumped. We're going to be getting that out this week, uh, launching, and we're going to launch two actually, pretty substantial prize pools that are going to, you know, there's going to be over a hundred payments, payouts. Uh, so we're pretty wow. excited. Lots of teams are already eligible. I mentioned like, you know, the 200 plus projects, so they got a bit of a head start, but uh, yeah, we'll stay tuned for that this week. That's awesome, man. That's, it's, that's uh, really great to hear. The X prize. Like, I think that, I think that's X a great approach. Yeah. So it'll be, yeah, we had some, excited about yeah, we had some interesting conversations with different groups. Like, you know, I think the Polygon guys said they abandoned the grant proposal. The BNB chains were still going full steam ahead at like fifty grand. Um, I think Phantom's still doing grants, right, Brad? Uh, no, uh, Phantom is still doing grants. Yeah, yeah, voted on by validators. Yeah, so I think your approach is a nice blend of all of that. Yeah, yeah, we're makes also a lot new, of sense. So we do realize it's a bit of a it is it does take developers' work to come to a new chain. It is a bit of a risk too, right? So we're just trying to balance sure. both. Yeah. Well, it's cool if they're EVM compatible, right? Uh, because then, then it, if it's an EVM based smart contract, then um, you know there's probably a, a couple of tweaks here and there, but nothing like horrible. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I think I think that makes a ton of sense. I like the model a lot. What um, are there? Are you guys going really hardcore after gaming and and DeFi and and if uh, are you targeting anyone specifically of existing projects? Or are you just kind of saying? We, we want a wide variety of people playing. Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. Uh, there's like a lot, lot to unpack there, but right now we're just trying to get, just cause we're so new, I think we're focused on getting like the table stakes pieces in place. So it started with a bridge partner with layer zero that we're excited about that's launching in a week. So bridging is really important. We've got an Oracle provider already that teams are starting to build on. So they're like pulling in pricing feeds and, and uh, you know, you can get nice. real world API feeds too, not just like decentralized pricing, which is pretty neat. That's our partner switchboard. Um, and then we want like coverage in DeFi. Uh, it's important that like a lot of our users are net new to crypto, which is awesome. So it's, uh, it's like a big opportunity to try 
DeFi for the first time, especially in regions where it's really valuable. So we want to get the base sure. in place over the coming quarter, like a solid deck, solid lend borrow, lots of liquidity, uh, you know, like a thriving money market ecosystem uh, that we can build on. Uh, then from there, we are really excited about gaming. Uh, we're working. I mean, I'm trying to how much I can share. Like we're, we're working with with a team to have like a dedicated PB process for games because we're very excited about that space on like a both a short term, long term approach. Um, we think that's like a big thing that's going to bring net new people into crypto. Uh, you yeah, know, like absolutely. a killer game with referral me- mechanics. We really think that that could be the next huge thing. And all, all this stuff is like uh, one step at a time, right? <clears throat> it's like gaming and then right. the other collapse. So yeah, we're focused on that. And then long term, I think uh, we're we're you know we don't have like necessarily a strong opinion. I think we're pretty open, but we'll probably have to focus on something or become the chain for something we're excited about like the other thing that we're excited and where we're going is working with an app partner uh wallet partner to have like a dedicated in-app experience you could think of it as like easy crypto where you can just like swap or you know play an nft game directly in the phone like a mobile app and if we could power that experience too we're pretty excited about that because you know, the next like tens millions, hundred million plus people don't necessarily need the the hard mode crypto and the browser connecting a wallet. You know, they can kind of do it all, especially with this this new like account abstraction that we heard a lot about at ETH Denver. You know, they can just operate directly sure. in a mobile app and then everything's powered. It's non-custodial and everything's happening in the background. So we think that there's some unique uh, scenarios there for people too that we're going to power at core. I think that makes a lot of sense um, for getting people on that are are new to this space um, into simple, you know, I don't want to say dumb down, but simplify the access, simplify the experience um, while still letting them participate in yeah. the protocols makes makes a ton mm-hmm. of sense. Absolutely. How has it been? Yeah, it's almost um, like walk or run. Yeah. It's almost like what? Me neither up. That's okay. Yeah, walk, walk before run. run. The easy mode. Crypto, oh yeah. And if you want to get really into the web browser big experience, you can do that. It's all non-custodial and connect your wallet and go. Right. So there's almost like a yeah, absolutely. Track. Yeah. Um, in terms of kind of like you guys have this massive Twitter following, pretty massive com- community. They're obviously engaged. What? Um, I, I don't know how many people you guys have on the team, but what's it been like um, trying to keep that community engaged and people uh, participating, um, you know, it can be difficult. And then when a bunch of people get an airdrop, that can be difficult because they're all waiting for the price to go up in the middle of a bear market. Um, yeah. Just kind of curious what that's been like for you guys handling that experience. Yeah. Uh, what's the joke? It's like, oh, I lost some hair. Yeah. Uh, it's been like, it's been pretty <laughs> wild. Um, so first of all, like the team is pretty nimble. Uh, and small. So I, I don't think I even mentioned this, but we didn't we didn't raise any money before launching. So we were a, a bootstrap team. As a result, like we're we're a pretty small team that was focused up to the to the airdrop. Um, and we did that because we didn't want uh, we didn't want to sell any tokens or have early pricing on tokens until the whole community got access. And then like twenty five percent of the tokens were allocated to community because uh, part of our team has been involved in in venture capital and has seen these deals on the other end. Um, so we tried to thoughtfully not do that with core. 
as many chains have. Nice. Um, so, but that's led to like a pretty small team. So now that we're live, there's a price on the token. We've got our reserve treasury. We're, we're growing the contributor team and uh, really trying to get people engaged. So we're kind of in this mode of like playing catch up and like really scaling out the team. Cause you know, even just sure. like the 200 project partners, that's a lot of work. Uh, and then the, the yeah. Twitter. So yeah, it's scaling up, but it's been a, it's been a lot of work, honestly. And then, um, but we're like bringing more contributors on board. Uh, I think the big thing, yeah, the, the launch itself, it's funny with the price. Like there was definitely some, we're, we were just nervous because, you know, it was a huge airdrop. Airdrops are like, you just don't know what's going to happen. Is every person going to right. sell or people are going to hold? Thankfully, we had this like very stable, stable price and it's still stable today. Um, most people staked, which is unreal and, and are taking kind of a long-term view. It was a launch in a bear market. So when it's I look amazing. back at, what, at that launch, it was almost unheard of in a, in a bear market for a bootstrap project. And um, yeah. we're still sitting pretty stable, which is great. So obviously you're going to have people that only want to talk about price, et cetera, but we're, we're really just focused on building out the ecosystem right now and uh, everything else will follow. Like we're just really focused on getting builders and, and getting things built for the ecosystem. That makes that makes Smart. a ton of sense. Ton of sense. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the uh, staking page right now, and it's interesting. Kind of that hybrid score that you give people based on the hash rate versus the proof of stake. That's actually. I wish I'd been looking at that when we were talking about it earlier, because that's actually really interesting. That's uh, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. we. I mean, um, we have news. Go ahead. There's actually some hash coming in. Like the first hash. Oh, nice. Come in as of like I think last week. And uh, we'll have more news on that, but uh, we're we're seeing it in in actually happen. So it's it's a really exciting yeah, time. Yeah, well, cool. I mean, you can see it. What start to trickle in? Yeah, if, if you've got a mining pool, what do you got to lose, right? I mean, it makes total sense to participate because you're already doing the work, and and it's not costing you anything yeah. to to earn more. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's no, a, it's, yeah, it's a no-brainer it's, yeah. decision. It's 100% straight to the bottom line margin. So yeah. why wouldn't anybody do that? I mean, that's 30% straight to the bottom line. So if your gross margin's 50% on it, now it's 80%. So, I mean, that's yeah. a total no-brainer. Yeah, totally agree. Um, what, uh, what kind of... What kind of things are you, what kind of people, what kind of skills are you looking for in the hiring process right now? Do, I, I guess maybe social media, community management, um, biz dev. Yeah. Yeah. All the above. You should do the hiring, Brad. You know, you know what's up here <laughs> basically. But yeah, <laughs> Just the basics, man. Yeah. yeah Brad's no, always ready to step in the front. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh, you guys have probably talked to so many teams. It's it really is. It's you know, as someone who came from uh, SaaS, it's it's quite different. Like the type of how you set up the org. So, community management just with the size is huge. So, we want to keep people engaged. We want to educate our base a lot. Like because a lot of them again are are net new to crypto. So like simple guides like seed phrases, etc. So we're trying to bring bring more contributors to help on the community management, social media content, help guides, etc. And then the other piece is like, as you guys have talked to a lot of chains, like a lot of these chains are just big BD organizations. Like that's really the bread and butter of the, of an L1 chain. So we're trying to right. thoughtfully think like we've talked to many partners, 
we know what they appreciate about their relationships with chains but they don't and we're trying to build out you know a group of contributors again that that creates this kind of really scalable bd engine where we're like front and center getting people excited on the verge of you know thought leadership and attracting great projects and then we've got the s prize and then we work with them as a great partner and do everything we can to support them and build hype around their project and then have a you know something like a like an account manager thereafter that's just always there for them sharing updates and and you know guiding guiding the project's hand uh so that they're always connected into core um so that's that's i mean a long answer but we're really focused on the bd side because like chains seem to to live and die by that and how they treat partners and builders are, are very important yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, Shizzy asked a question on the tokenomics. CoinGecko says $63 million in circulation and $2.1 billion max supply. Can you speak on the token allocation? That looks really professional, by the way. Super cool how that pops up. Um, yeah, so as you can see, uh, we have a hard cap of $2.1 billion tokens. That, again, is a head nod to the $21 million Bitcoins. So that's a sound supply right. that will will never go above 2.1. There's also a burn mechanism similar to like right now, 10% of uh, transaction fees go to a burn address. So the supply will actually go down, uh, but the DAO will have the opportunity to move that up or get rid of that. So we kind of have the, the sound money piece from Ethereum. But uh, as you can see, the circulating supply is very low and that's thoughtful from us. We didn't want to like flood the market with a ton of tokens. And uh, block rewards are also paying out for 81 years. Um, so wow. very, we, we took like a very long-term view as opposed to like, so, so that's why the circulating supply is, uh, it's pretty small, right? Compared to the max, so it'll kind of come out over time. In terms of the tokenomics themselves, 25% is being allocated to the community. Um, and that's, there was a 25% of uh of hey, allocation uh, brendan you broke up on me a little thereafter. bit oh you guys can hear me okay now yeah the the percentages i couldn't hear you said 25 percent, and then you broke up okay thanks for the call out um yeah so 25 percent of total supply is being allocated to the community um we have a, okay. a breakdown on our blog on this um so 25 percent of the 25 percent was available on that airdrop event that happened three weeks ago. It'll be vesting thereafter for two years, and we'll be sharing more details okay. on the vesting schedule. Uh, Forty percent is going to uh, the validators. So again, that's to produce blocks for the next uh, eighty-one years. Um, we have, I believe, I don't have it in front of me, but there's like you know, ten percent reserve, ten percent treasury, uh, and then fifteen percent allocated to the team. And then there's like a very small, like one or 2% to relayers for that trustless relaying mechanism that we talked about for the Bitcoin hash. Um, sure. So yeah, very long-term approach. There were no inside tokens or investors. It's like pretty much a community owned chain, which was kind of what we wanted from the start. So we have a lot, like a big yep. group of holders with like pretty reasonable amount of core holdings, which is what we wanted. We didn't want like one big investor with the big bag. Uh, and yeah, they're they're going to be paying on a long term, so that's why the uh, circulating supply at the moment is is so small, generally. Yeah, makes sense. I like it. Um, yeah, me too. Um, how uh, if somebody if somebody wants to come in, get involved, 
have a wallet, buy some tokens. What's kind of the onboarding process should they go through? Where should they go to um, to get engaged with you guys? Yeah, I think the best place is Discord. That's kind of it's it's like very crypto, as you guys know. Uh, it's, sure. it's kind of become our hive in a way. <laughs> so to actually get involved and contribute and learn, I think Discord is a lot more hands on because uh, there's guys, there's people to help, there's questions, <laughs> so there's little communities being built around art, memes, NFT projects. It's it's, it's actually pretty amazing, and there's uh, two hundred fifty thousand people in that Discord. Uh, which is pretty wild okay. and uh, it's growing. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's the more full on experience. So, and you can also apply for partnership. You can become a moderator. You can apply to contribute as well. So I'd say that's like a great place to start and it's set up really well by our community team. And then for like the higher level updates, uh, Twitter is a great spot. Just to understand like when, when we're promoting, you know, talking more about the chain here, uh, how to guides our long form content. We have a lot of great like long form content from the blog. It's a great way to kind of like stay engaged and just see what's new happening in the ecosystem. But yeah, if you want to actually start using Core and get involved, um, I would start in the Discord. There's even you know community faucets. There's ways to like the the uh, transaction costs are so low right now that you know there's a bunch of faucets you can easily get up and running you know, immediately uh, by just kind of like figuring it out in the Discord. And you can get up, try a bunch of protocols, and you're good to go. And that works with MetaMask. And like most EVM chains, you just got to add the RPC and you're you're using Core. Mm. Very cool. I, I Oh, yeah, you're still there. You froze up for a second. That sounds fantastic, man. Well, listen, um, we will put in the show notes the link to the website and the Discord uh, and the Twitter handle, make sure, and yours, um, and make sure that uh, everybody knows where to reach you guys. Um, but sounds incredibly promising. Um, it's obviously a unique model. Uh, I've not encountered it ever before. Um, developers that want to get engaged with you guys, what uh, just uh, hit the website, start looking at the documentation there. Um, are you handling outreach yeah. uh, on that front, Brendan? Yeah, m myself and a few others. But uh, yeah, we got this great developers page that honestly needs an overhaul. Uh, so we're going to be revamping it. But there is a partner form. Cool. Uh, and someone will get in touch very soon. So you can fill out the form. Uh, all of our docs are on on that page as well. So I think it's coredow.org slash developers. So okay. yeah, you can apply for partnership to learn more. We'll get in touch with you on Telegram or, or email. Um, and then all the docs are listed there. So all, how to do a smart contract, how to create a token. Uh, all the docs are, are public, which is great. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, is there cool. anything else we should know about CoreDAO before, before we break? Uh, you know, I think I just appreciate you guys having me on. Good energy. Of course. Chat in Eddie Denver. And yeah, thanks for giving us a chance. So we're, we're really, you know, at this point, a lot more presence in Asia. So, um, you know, it was great to talk to you because a lot of people at East Denver in America haven't, you know, are still learning about core. So I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Um, but I think the big takeaway here is we're still really early. It's been like, it's been three weeks yeah. since tokens have been available. Yeah. Uh, yep. And the launch went really great. Big user base. Lots of builders coming on board, so we're just excited for this year because again, it's like it's been it's been three weeks and a lot has happened. So um, yeah. yeah, the community's great. They're going to have a lot of uh, amazing things built this year. I'm like blown away by by all the things being launched that I'm not even you know I just see it on Twitter, which is amazing. 
Yeah. Well, and I would say this to the people that got the airdrop and the people that are staking and people that are taking a look at this, obviously do your own research. Um, don't, this is not yeah. financial advice, but it, historically, in the case of chains, the people who come in earliest and hold the longest have in, reaped, in the, for the most part, um, significant uh, value from that. So uh, that's yeah. all I would say is that building a blockchain takes a huge amount of work and a huge amount of effort. And then once it's launched, it's only been out for three weeks, um, growing it also takes a lot of work. And it sounds like you guys are way ahead of the curve. If you've already got 200 protocols coming on board, um, you have a huge community. Um, you got 60% of people in a massive airdrop staking. Um, uh, I would say to me, the outlooks, outlook looks pretty positive. So um, that's all I would say to folks is, is this is a, this is a long haul, long time horizon type investment if it's something you decide with your own research that you want to do. But um, I definitely, um, I think there's always promise in being first or early. So, Yeah, I would add that, uh, you know, most of the time when we see chains at this level, there isn't a community there yet. Um, and, yeah, exactly. you know, the fact exactly. that you have, I mean, and you're in all the underserved markets, which is what I like to see, too, because we often focus so much on North America and Europe. And to me, just the amount of presence in, you know, I mean, all over Africa, all over, you know, Indonesia, Southeast Asia, China, Japan, South America, India. I mean, it was super refreshing for me to see the engagement from all those communities. So I think you're way ahead of the game. And, and, and to what Brad said, um, look, it is a long, long play and you have to do your own research and, but you have to expect that this is something that's going to take a while to really reap those giant rewards. So, so stay in the game, believe in the chain and go from there. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Brendan, thank you so much for joining us today, man. It was great to meet you in person and great to do this call today. We'll have to we'll have to get back with you in several months and see how things are rolling with Cordout, but really appreciate you coming on and, and telling us about what you guys are up to. It's really unique. It sounds uh, like it has good potential uh, and powerful capabilities. So looking forward to see how things go with it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you both. Um, gracious hosts made it very easy, so... Yeah, let's keep in touch. It was it was also nice to meet in person to put a face to the to the video. So that was great. Yeah. Yeah, That's absolutely. Fun. I love those in real life interactions. It's so cool. That's what um, you know, I think that everybody in the community that's watching this in your community, um, you know, I can say that, you know, I met the people, they're real, they're credible, and uh you're in the right place. Absolutely. Fork, one of our regular listeners says, Thanks, Brendan. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, Thanks, appreciate man. you joining us, man. Have a great day. Take Thanks, care. Brandon. Thanks, both. Thanks, Brad. Thanks. Bye -bye. See you later, buddy. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, mean, I just can't get over the size of the community. That's what, uh, that's what impresses me. And I love the markets they're serving. And, you know, anybody who's, you know, really about um, disintermediating, uh, authoritarian structures in other countries that tend to extract wealth from the little guys should be supporting something like this because this, you know, I mean, we, we always get by in this country and in Europe, but you know, in a lot of the markets where I see presence of core um, it is, 
um, I don't, not to exaggerate, but it's life or death a lot of times um, in, in what you get. So um, I love this because of that disintermediation, um, taking out oligarchic structures and these various um, societies to go direct to the people. And that's what we're really all about, yep. right? That's right. Absolutely. Not nah, impressive stuff. I'm, I'm, uh, um, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with it. And I, you know, once, if they can onboard that many protocols very quickly, um, it certainly puts it in good stead, right? If you don't have anything to do on your chain, um, it's difficult to actually keep people engaged and then they'll just keep dumping on you. But if you've got 200 protocols coming in with things to do, games, NFTs, DeFi, earnings, staking, yield farming, whatever it is, um, that's really going to make a huge difference to success. So uh, I think that's great to see, man. Thank you, Shizzy. Shizzy said great yeah. job. Yeah, thanks, Absolutely. Shizzy. All right, buddy. All right. Joe, you got anything else for today? No, no. I'm just going to be digesting this and doing a job to that white paper the again. Side of it. Yeah, I want to go climb into the technical side. I, I really want a better understanding of how the hash rate works in conjunction with the validator nodes because that, that to me is incredibly fascinating. I just, I it didn't click for me yet. So I want to go read that and understand it better. But I love the idea of giving Bitcoin miners some other value from what they're already doing, right? You're not increasing yeah. exponentially any amount of mining or electricity usage, but you are potentially giving them another source of revenue. And if they're successful, that in turn just means that people more incentivized to continue to secure the Bitcoin network, right? So you get you, you you get a nice little double bonus benefit there between between the way these two chains can interact. So very interesting. Yeah. Plus one other thing is, and you were kind of saying it, but I'll just punch it up a little bit, is that if they're already running the mining pools, when we talk about all the environmental thought out there about Bitcoin mining and proof of work mining, let's say, and all of a sudden you're producing something else at zero incremental cost to generate cash flow. You're in effect lowering the amount of, um, let's say, energy consumption uh, to produce more assets. So that has a yep. positive um, effect on, you know, personally, I don't buy a lot of the proof of work uh, environmental FUD myself. I don't buy it. But for those people that focus on that, this should be another thing to kind of like sort of wean down that or winnow down that argument of negativity yeah. as well. So yeah, it, it allows cool you, it gives you a counter, yeah, it gives a counter argument. You and I both agree that proof of work actually is incentives for renewable energy. I mean, that's yes. my feeling. I think that's your feeling. And, mm -hmm. and that, that what it drives is innovation, right? If, if people can profits from something, they're going to innovate and try to figure out ways to make it cost less. And this is something that helps to offset you know, the cost and or yeah. increased profit from the work you're putting in. So it makes total sense to leverage that. I just want to understand better how they work together. That's all. So I'm going to take a look at that. No, hey, great, great technical answer, questions, but... by the way. Great technical questions. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, um, no, that's good. You, you definitely dig deep. Yeah, I did see, before we go, I did see one thing that somebody, it was just in the news today that the first, uh, I guess, Bitcoin mining operation is up and going powered by nuclear power. I don't know if you saw that article today, what? but um, oh shit, yeah. no man. Oh, yeah, so exciting. we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But yeah. just in the Did end, you send so that article about over that. already. I think I think it's in the chat. I think it's in the channel. Yeah. Okay. Um, but awesome. if not, I'll resend it. Look at that. But, That's exciting. Yeah. So super cool. Um, but anyhow, yeah. I think we need to wrap it up, right? So you can get that. Uh, gold yeah. Imagine again. real quick though. Now you got my. Now you got my fucking brain going. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> 
No, but think about this. Imagine a developing nation opening their doors to DeFi, to crypto, to Bitcoin mining, to being, you know, a safe place to develop crypto DeFi technologies, and then leveraging and allowing for some of the new innovative nuclear technology to come into the country in order to facilitate the miners. And then maybe you do something where you're sharing some percentage of that of that power coming off. Ah, I can't wait to read that. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. No, I, it was, I think it was in, it was either in block bites or coin desk. I'll, I'll, you can probably find it just Googling right. it, but yeah, no, I mean, even think about like, you know, little pebble nuke reactors. You don't have to have the full blown, um, you know, giant nuke reactors. You know, they do the little pebble exactly. ones that can power buildings in small cities um, to yep. power mines. I mean, that's as that's clean as it gets. Sweet. Yep. So. That's beautiful, dude. That's great news. All right. Well, listen, everybody, thank you for listening. Hey, if you're just joining us today, thank you so much for joining in and commenting. Uh, I can't name everybody that put comments in and we didn't get to everybody's comments, but uh, all of our regulars, Euphoric, Shizzy, Chuck, Niblets, Sean, thank you so much for participating. Crypto Marketing, Crazy Styler, Official Amon, Javier. I can't get to all of you. I'm sorry. There's just too many. Um, we appreciate you. We love you. If you are not yet subscribed to us in your favorite podcast app, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go. Subscribe. And then when you get a second, just take a minute to leave us a quick review. It uh, does a lot to help us. If you're watching on YouTube, um, please make sure you click the subscribe button, click the little bell to make sure you get notified of new episodes. And Joe would like for you to smash the thumbs up. Please smash the thumbs up. It'll boost us in the uh, in the algorithm. It'll also boost Core's position in the algorithm with our YouTube video. So thank you much for joining us, Joe. I hope you have a great afternoon. It was great chatting, and uh, we'll see everybody tomorrow. I guess that's all I got, dude. Yeah, no, and I just want to, the community, the core community that was here today, please feel free to join us um, every day if you'd like, and check out the recorded episodes on missiondefi.com, as well as join the uh, missiondefi.com oh, Telegram yeah. channel, which we know That's we have. I saw some people joining it yesterday. Go. Yep, t.me forward slash Mission DeFi, t.me forward slash Mission DeFi, or you can just search on Mission DeFi on Telegram. And uh, we're over there, and we love having you guys join the conversation. There's lots of smart people, much smarter than me, uh, putting out good information and education. So join. All right. Well, thanks, Brad. Thanks, See everyone. Everybody. See ya. All right, bye.